Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Dream blunt rotation. Me, Fran, and Adina Menzel. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh my god. Also, I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer, Viola Davis, and Jillian Anderson are also very dream blunt rotation. Okay, I'm in the middle of a pretty disgusting uh, experience that I also am completely in love with, which is I'm rewatching Girls. Yeah, I know, um, I know. And this was inspired by the fact that I've been seeing Hunter Harris watching it and she's been tweeting about it. It was just the 10th anniversary of the show's premiere. And I realized I hadn't watched Girls in years. And I did bully Fran also into rewatching. Well, it. here's here's what here's what actually happened because uh, I mean obviously Hunter Harris you know the impact and so when she rewatches something now the culture is rewatching something and when yeah because we're seeing her tweet about Marnie's yes, music video and yes. like I want to watch Marnie's music and video. and when the culture is rewatching things that's when I want to rewatch but I will say when I started to see the girls tweets from you I was like as your friend I don't support this. I don't it's literally it. gotten in the way of me consuming any <laughs> other kind of culture. Like, like <laughs> the flight attendant season two premiered, which I was so excited for, uh, and I haven't watched it yet because <laughs> I've just been wa- rewatching Girls. Crazy. We need to watch that together. Actually, we should watch it tomorrow. We do. Um, um, basically, I judged Rose very hard, and I said I don't support this. And within 24 hours, I was like, 
Actually, I'm gonna rewatch we were, it. We were we were we were texting about it, and you were and I was saying, Fran, we should do an episode on girls, and you said no. <laughs> no. And then the next I text, straight I, up, no. and then the next text I got from you was, I wish I was this cool when I was 23. <laughs> 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 so, well, I was also like, I think the biggest motivator for me was Adam Driver's sex scenes. But anyways, we'll get into it. We'll yes, get into it. Yes, because um, today we're talking about Girls, the um, HBO series created by Lena Dunham. And we're going to, you know, look at it through a, a 2022 lens. <laughs> oh, um, I'm sure that's It's been 10 less. years and so much has changed. Oh, yeah. Because uh, this is Like a Virgin, the show where we give yesterday's pop culture today's takes. I'm Rose Damu. And I'm Fran Gerardo. Um, We have like slightly less topical stuff to talk about today because... We are recording this all at once, and the reason we're doing that is because tomorrow is Fran's birthday. Yes, it is. Tomorrow uh, upon this record, not tomorrow when this podcast Yes, so, so by the time you all listen to it, she will be 45. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yay, yes, such oh a huge God, milestone. 45 years young. Unfortunately for you... We probably have not consumed a lot of the pop culture you would expect us to be talking about. As in, we we have not watched the Drag Race finale. Yeah. I mean, I, ha- I have watched half of it, but I don't know who wins yet. <laughs> and I know who wins, but I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> and you haven't spoiled it for me, which is amazing. I have not. Yeah. I don't know how the internet hasn't spoiled it for you. Um. Well, I've been staying... Also, I've been you at- were at a party full of queer people last night. Yeah. How did no one, like, shout it out? Yeah, so last... Yeah, okay, so last night was gorgeous, gorgeous. Um, a little... It was like a pre-birthday party, but a monthly, like, kind of queer party I'm trying to do here in Los Angeles. Raging success... Everyone had so much fun. The girls that did the drag, Laurel Charleston and Mother Teresa, were, like, unreal. Teresa did this version of um, Britney Spears' Hit Me, Baby Me One More Time that, like, starts out, like, slow acapella. And you're like, oh, someone's going to do, like, an acapella Britney. That's, like, interesting as, like, a drag piece. And then the song gets, like, progressively, like, slower and, like, kind of, like, moody, warped, like, dark. Um, and everyone was losing their goddamn minds. But, yeah, shockingly did not get Drag Race spoiled for me last night. Wow. I, I'm so happy that yeah. you haven't. And let me tell you, I don't really care. <laughs> I'm someone spoiled over. I don't think I would care. Like, it's... There was nothing... I So I've watched the first half, and all of the performances are kind of, like... I mean, first of all, I hate the fact that they're going back to original songs. So if you don't know, they are, like, a la season six, seven, and eight, the girls are doing, like, drag race written songs yes. about their, like, I did. You know. I did hear, I did hear um, my friend who spoiled the ending for me, um, who was talking me through uh, a sort of emotional unraveling that was happening last <laughs> night, um, did walk me through how the finale unfolds. Yeah. And it sounds very boring. I don't think the return to this format was really the move. I I think it was nice to try and shake it up, but I just hate the songs. Well, I also think uh, this is an interesting take, and I think Fran Uni should cover your ears for this. Okay, okay, I'll cover Um, my ears. I think that the finale was engineered in a way to set up the person who won to win. And that's all I'll say about that. Okay, you can you can uncover your ears now. Okay. Is there anything else happening in the world we should talk about? I mean, like. Oh yeah. Um. What did we? What did you watch this week? Uh, just I, girls. <laughs> that, that's it. That's um, literally all I watched. <clears throat> I did read a book in one day last weekend. I'm gonna look. At um. I read this book that I I'm pretty sure is One Direction fan fiction. <laughs> no. How did that? How did that happen? Um. It's because I saw it on Book Talk, and I know my sisters who are like current Harry Styles stands and used to be One Directioners. 
used to read Harry Styles fan fiction. Mm-hmm. And there's this book called If This Comes Out, and it's about two boy band members who fall <laughs> in love. That sounds kind of great. And I read it in a day. It because was good? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's, not, it's not good. I rated it three stars on Goodreads. Oh, that's nice of you. It was definitely very easy to get through. It was a diverting way to spend an afternoon. Okay. Um, but no, it's not good. You know what else is not great? The pilot of First Lady. Have you? Oh, no, I haven't watched it because I've heard it's bad. Babe, I. So here's the thing. I am going to watch the rest of the show because from, like, all the previews, it looks like it's going to get better and juicier, like, good melodrama. And I do actually think that the portraits of these three women are stunning because the actresses doing it are stunning. Viola Davis's impression of Michelle Obama is getting a little flack right now because um, she's kind of overdoing a very specific lip pursing. Have you seen mm. the memes about this? I, have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I saw the meme. I saw the meme that she liked of like the the fast food worker sitting outside after their shift, and it was like uh, <laughs> Viola Davis's lips between takes, <laughs> and she liked it on Twitter. She liked it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm showing Wait, I, have meme to, right I have to. I have to find the, meme, gonna, the meme that she liked. Okay. So, anyways. even though you. Can't see it, so, listeners. So I have to say that she's getting a lot of flack. I pers- from watching the show, I actually still think that the Obama portrayal is stunning. I think that she looks and sounds and feels exactly like Michelle Obama, but the script is just not good. And I, I feel like Viola Davis is having a hard time doing what she needs to do because the script is so bad. And then on top of that, I do think the lip pursing thing is like a little SNL, even though it, Michelle Obama does do that. <laughs> <laughs> we are laughing at a tweet. We're, we'll we'll post it on the burner. Yeah. Oh my god! Wait, we need to tell the vir- the virgins about our burner. We oh yeah, even so we have it. a we have a burner Instagram that you should follow. It's yes. like no, no, not should you must. You, if you must listen to this you podcast. Must follow it. You will follow it and share things from it. It's at it's at like a virgin for twenty sixty nine. That's at like a virgin for twenty sixty nine on Instagram. Yes, and it is um, Fran, myself, and our producer Phoebe just shit posting our little asses off. Yeah, and we'll do memes of the week. And the, the account only follows four people: <laughs> Fran, myself, Phoebe, and Adina Menzel. <laughs> <laughs> and so right now I'm looking at the homepage, and it has like the people's stories at top, and it's just Fran, Rose, and Adina. <laughs> Love that Idina makes stories. That's so nice. Um, well, she's talking about Earth Day. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Love that for her. You know, climate change, yeah. frozen. So anyways, just to, to tell you the rest about this, Michelle Pfeiffer plays Betty Ford, which like someone I never paid attention to, someone I don't know as like a, you know, an, Love Amer- her cakes, an American though. figure. Oh, that's Betty Crocker. <laughs> <laughs> Betty Ford's the one with the clinic. You know, oh yeah, she's the one with the clinic. Is it for eating disorders or drugs? I don't know. Okay. I actually don't know. I haven't done even a cursory Google on Betty Ford. Um, but because I well, was, either way, hope they get but the help they need. I will say, I'd be curious to know what the virgins think. But the pilot is not good. Literally, nothing happens. The script is so boring. There's no like engine or real stakes established in the, these three women's lives. And it's like what? Like 
I, it was just such a bad beginning to what uh, a show that has so much potential. But I, I don't know. I have hopes for the previews. So when you watch it, I would love to hear your opinions and, as well. I think we should try and watch a few okay. episodes. Oh, I did. You know what? We talked about this a few weeks ago, so I do want to give an update. I finished Our Flag Means Death. What? Yeah, it and it did get better and so much gayer. Like, I, everything is gay on it. I'm, Everyone is gay. I'm probably not going to watch it. So what was, like, a highlight from the end? Um... So the show ends with Steed, the main guy. So he and Blackbeard, they, like, get captured, essentially, and they declare their love for each other and kiss. Okay. Also, the non-binary pirate. Um, there's a non-binary there's pirate? There's a non-binary pirate, and everyone uses they, them pronouns for them. Okay. Um, a pixrit? Yeah, a pixrit. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad that we have a slow news week, because this means I can finally talk about the Omar Apollo album that I've been... Oh, you have really been, <laughs> been wanting asked. to talk about this. No, I, Okay, here's the thing. I have not been wanting to talk about it, but um, but like so many faggots are posting about the new Omar album on social, or they were rather, because it was kind of a very temporal moment. Um, Omar Apollo. I have not seen a word about it. Just yeah, uh, just so you know. I think that's the difference between our feeds, unfortunately. Um, so Omar Apollo, which I had kept calling him Omar Apoyo, <laughs> that's not correct <laughs> at all. Um, is like this like kind of gay, acoustic-y, vibey, like sad e-boy music person. And I listened to his new album, Ivory, and um you know, it was it was like I had it on repeat for like a a day or two, but it's like it was very slow vibes and like very like I think after I listened to it a few more times, I was like, this sounds so much like Frank Ocean. Were you ever a Frank Ocean fan? No. Okay, so I'm a diehard Frank Ocean fan, like, since, like, college, pre-Channel Orange. Have seen him in concert many times. Like, back in the Tumblr days. Back in the Tumblr days, at literally, like, the Nostalgia Ultra, like, mixtape days. So I was, like, disoriented by how alarmingly similar some of the songs were. Like, there's a song that he does with Kaliukas that, like... (laughs) is so similar to Nike's, I had to check my, like, phone to see that I hadn't accidentally switched to, like, a Frank Ocean remix of something. I wonder if it'll be the kind of thing where he, like, retroactively has to, like, pay royalties like Olivia Rodrigo had to do with Taylor Swift. Babe, guess what I found out? I've been doing some reporting for the podcast. When oh, I was, my, thank God. Let me tell you, original reporting. So when I was driving late at night um, back from a Coachella party... I was driving home, like, two friends of friends that are from Mexico, and uh, they work in the music industry. And one of them were friends with Omar Apollo, and so we were talking about this new album. And this, and I was saying, like, you know, it feels really Frank Ocean-y to me, like, or not all of it. And I should say, like, half of it is very, like, acoustic-y, kind of, like, John Mayer-ish, like, feel-good vibes. And then, and then some of it gets a little, like, you know, Latin music, and then the rest sounds like Frank Ocean. And I was like, well, it sounds a lot like Frank Ocean. And the guy looks at me and he goes, you know they used to date, right? Oh, twist. They dated for three years. And they broke up. And this album, Ivory, is all about Frank. It, both in both in terms of uh, the the content and, <laughs> and the musical style that he stole from him. And so I don't I don't have like a ton of intel on like the inner workings of their relationship, but I do know that there's drama in the fact that this album sounds like Frank a little bit. Mm. Because can you imagine if you broke up with your ex and your ex released an album that sounded like your art? Like, I would go whack. But I, I would go yeah, berserk. I would sue. But I also feel like that 
it, that also feels alarmingly common in celebrity culture. Like, I think when celebrities date, they influence each other's art. So I don't know, like, you know, what their actual kind of vibe is. But I was like, oh, my God, they dated. Like, that's so juicy. Wow. Can you imagine dating Frank Ocean? That'd be horrible. Like, he must be the most emotionally avoidant person ju- on I the I just planet. wouldn't want to date anyone who I knew would make art about our breakup. Oh, are you kidding me? I feel like I exclusively date people that make art about our breakup. And that is the difference between like, you and I. It is only, and this is not an exaggeration, it is only a matter of time before an off-Broadway play debuts about me. <laughs> it's going to be by me. I'm, no. And it's going to be called uh, They, Them... No. They, Them, uh, Scares. <laughs> no. no, unfortunately it's going to be written by one of my They, Them exes that works in theater. presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards 
rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks. Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. So you all can't see us right now, but Fran and I just finished dancing and hugging each other while um, uh, Dancing on My Own by Robin played. Shut up. Because as we said today, we are talking about Girls, the HBO series created and often written and directed by Miss Lena Dunham. And her creative partner, Jenny Conner. Yes, um, and executive produced by Judd Apatow. Yes, famously. Girls, I think we should uh, set the stage of of the the culture in which it premiered into. Okay. So it came out in 2012, and it's very obviously in a post-Sex and the City Mm -hmm. legacy. It is filling that hole on HBO, Mm -hmm. which I think is is directly referenced because in the first episode, Shoshana, the character played by Zaja Mamet, has a Sex and the City poster in her bedroom. So, Mm -hmm. like, it was very aware of the fact that it was a show about four women living in New York City. Definitely in conversation. On on HBO. And I think even Shoshana asks Jessa in the first episode, like, who, which, which one of the girls are you? And and Jessa's like, I've never seen that, that movie. That, the one, okay, one of the things that this show does amazingly upon my rewatch is encapsulate people that you know so exactly and when zoja said when zaja sorry says um when she asks that question she kind of does the thing that she does where she asks you a question and then immediately answers it herself and she and then she goes she goes you know i'm like a samantha but also like sometimes like i'm like a carrie and blah blah and she basically says that she's like three of them well no she says she says like no i think i'm a carrie but you know like Sometimes Samantha comes out, yeah, yeah. and like she could not be more of a Charlotte. But that, exactly, <laughs> I know. And that's the other thing is that people that say I'm Carrie, but also Samantha, but also like Miranda, are people Car- that don't know who they are. Carrie Sun, Samantha Rising, yeah. you and, know. But it's so like like Lena Dunham's, or rather, whoever wrote that line, like the like, the, the ability to like. Um, just encapsulate like someone who so totally does not know themselves at all. Like just in one line, you like know everything about them, and I think that that like I don't know. Well, that's what, and you know, and like we were texting about this as you yeah. were watching it. Is I think the the post the post industrial girls complex, <laughs> which is was, a real thing, which is a real thing. Like there was literally a girls think piece economy oh that started God. in the first season. Jezebel like, was paying its light bill with that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but the thing that you forget, and the thing that Fran and I were texting about, is just how well the show is written. The writing is so. Yeah. The writing and the comedy and the character work is so specific. Each The show has a very defined voice. And then within that, each of the characters has a very defined voice. And nothing they say... Like, I'm sure there was, you know, like, maybe some improv and some people, like, brought their own selves to their characters. But... The the things that they say, the jokes that they make, even the little asides That's and like one liners are so specific and so funny and inform who these people are. Like it is a show that I think does really well showing and not telling. Yeah, I mean, even also like um, not just with the main characters, like with 
characters that have two lines. You know, like I'm thinking about the um, I think it's the the Bushwick Warehouse episode where they meet. Oh that my god, with, one of the best episodes yeah, ever. It's, uh, it's so triggering. I, I I haven't rewatched it yet, but I remember in the episode there's a girl named Taco, yes. and she says, "No, my name's Taco," and she's like, "That's what I said, Taco," and she's like, "No, you're saying it talk like Taco." No, like she said. Like, no, she says. Um, it's it's spelled with a K, by the way. I can just tell when people think it's with a C. <laughs> And that, that sing, like things like that, that single line, it's like, I know that person, I've met that person, I know exactly who, what that person's like. And I think that um, Lena Dunham's like ability to like capture those archetypes, much like how Sex and the City did in its era, much how like Broad City does, did in its era, like they really And show... also I think Insecure. Like, insecure. I, those are, like they're kind of, I think those four shows, mm. I would say especially Sex and the City, Girls and Insecure secure because they're all on HBO and then like especially Broad City Insecure and Girls because they're all like post Sex in the City and, and in like, New York specifically and like they're all in their own ways reacting to the things that Sex in the City lacked in different ways. Well, but I think that when you think about the triad of Broad City, Sex in the City, and Girls in between those two, you kind of have a spectrum of I was going to say realism, but it's more of a spectrum of, like, how they authenticated, like, New York girlhood. You know yeah. what I mean? And it, on the Broad City end, you have absurdism that still – that relies on how broke they are and how fucked up and chaotic they are in order to, like, create that relatability. And girls is, like, hyper-realism mumblecore. And then you have Sex and City on the other end that's like, relies more on, like, archetype and kind of more sitcom. Yeah, but they're all – they all do, like – play with some level of fantasy. Obviously, mm-hmm. like, in Sex and the City, the fantasy is, like, the wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Girls, I think the fantasy almost is, like, the honesty mm-hmm. and, like, the way that people talk to each other and, like, the the like the like dysfunctionality of the relationships is so heightened. Like, I yeah. don't think people... I think some people are that honest with their friends, but yeah. I don't think most people are. And then in Broad City, like, the fantasy is, like, in the absurdism. In the absurdism. I almost feel like Girls doesn't necessarily have as much of fantasy as it ha- as it took components of, like, Sex in the City and was like, oh, this is how we actually are able to pay for our lives. Where in Sex in the City, it's like never acknowledged that they're all independently wealthy. Where totally. with, with girls, it's like the first scene is like my parents were footing my bill. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that – and here's the thing. I, Which is so – like it's just such good writing. Yes. It's, it like that. that is – I think as someone who, I mean, does not like – I have not ever like studied screenwriting, but obviously, like we, you know, we both work in media, like literally yeah. in Hollywood. So I know yeah. what a good pilot episode looks like, and the pilot of Girls is incredible. And I also like read the pilot recently, like on paper, and it is like it. I- I'm not surprised by like how people might have responded to the script in the beginning. Like it's it's has a magnetic kind of presence that you've never read before. That's and actually something I would be really interested in because I would love to see how much of what is on the screen was on the page. It's fascinating. I'll send it to you. Um, but I um, was going to say, I I think that um, we're going to get into the Lena Dunham of all. And like, I think that there are a lot of reasons as to why people, you know, don't like her or don't like the show or whatever. But you have to, under- I think that at 
especially in this day and age, despite the fact that there were no people of color in like season one. And like and no uh, queer people except for Elijah, who is one of the best TV characters on HBO. We do not give Lena enough or I was gonna say we do not give Lena enough credit. She's given enough credit. Um we I think that um uh, to me, I, my response to the show and how much I loved it upon rewatch was um Lena's interest in investigating whiteness. And and she is, I felt like she was so adamant was about... Was it, or was it just her interest in investigating herself? But making fun of herself in that, and yeah. I think understanding that that self is a very privileged self. So she might, in her head, she's probably not thinking like, I'm writing about whiteness right now. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's necessarily But it was just all doing. she knew. But she knows that the things, the way this character is inhabited and the way this character is like set up in her life and she's obviously a really deplorable character and and never, and Lena has never written the character being like, this is the most likable character ever. Like she always knows that Hannah is horrible. She's definitely, she's definitely investigating her own privilege. I think what she's not doing and then what a show today might look like is she's not juxtaposing her privilege with mm. someone else's lack of yeah. it. Yeah. There's no other kind of there's nothing else to balance. There's no counterpoint. Because the other three girls also have some kind of privilege, both on and off both screen. On and, well, we do need to talk about the fact <laughs> that all four of the main characters, well, I mean, first of all, they're all white, all cis uh-huh. that we know of. Um, and all are nepotism babies. Yeah. Lena Dunham has a famous artist for a mother. Zaja Mamet is the daughter of the famous playwright David Mamet, who is, like, super canceled and problematic. Uh. Um, Allison Williams is the daughter of Brian Williams, the legendary, um, like, news host. And then um, Jemima Kirk's dad, dad is, is a rock band. Yeah, is in a rock band. So they all are, like, extremely privileged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's funny, I mean... The, I think, obviously, the characters leaned on their real life selves in order to portray these characters. Even though they're obviously characters, it's like they're written with the actresses in mind. And you think that's imbued in a lot of the script. You know what I mean? It kind of reminds me of, like, what are shows that, like, um, I mean, maybe not Alana and Abby in Broad City because they always talk about how they're very different from their characters. But there are other shows where, like, the... Maybe even like Euphoria or something where the characters are like lifted from the actors that play them and leans on their actual real life personalities. I don't know because those are all – I think it's it's different for something like Euphoria because it's being written by – by a man mm, yeah, for obviously. a bunch of actors. I think the difference with what sets girls apart and why I think Insecure is like uh, – why Insecure and Broad City are like almost better better uh, like parallels to it than even Sex and the City is because it's a, it's a writer-creator star. Yeah. Like I think, you know, Issa Rae, like obviously so much of her is in her character yeah. because she is the one writing it the same way that like – Broad City, Abby and Alana, like, they created it as a web series, so I'm sure those characters are really informed by them. In Girls, I think that really shows up in Hannah and Jessa because um, Lena Dunham and Jemima Kirk are, like, childhood friends. Um, they, like, the the uh, short, the film that uh, Lena Dunham made that is what, like, got her the Hollywood attention that led to Girls was Tiny Furniture, which Jemima Kirk is mm-hmm. also in. I think probably 
Marnie and Shoshana are less informed by their actors mm. than Hannah and Jessa because, like, how could you be that level of psychotic yeah. IRL? But, I mean, that's not to say that Allison Williams does not kind of get typecast in those kind of roles. I mean, just look at, like, Get Out. Which is her best work. Her best work. I mean, here's the thing. She's so—her acting is, like, so flat that it works in some places. You know I what don't I mean? know that it's flat. I think in Girls, she's, like— she and Shoshana, Marnie and Shoshana are levels of hysterical on different ends of yeah. the spectrum. Yeah. Uh, and Marnie is like this, this such a specific type of, of white womanhood mm-hmm. dialed up to like a 25. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I, okay, so real quick, I haven't, I didn't finish Insecure. Um, It's like a, a little too heterosexual. I didn't, I didn't either. I haven't watched the final season. Yeah, it's a little too heterosexual for me to muscle through, but I know that like the next time I get like the flu, I'll finish it. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, because it is obviously It's the kind of show TV. you need to binge. Yeah, but um, I was going to say, I think here's what I'm trying to say actually about the character to actress thing. Um. Because Lena was already friends with these other three girls, she there's a lot that happened, I feel, like, before the production started and off-camera in order to, like, cultivate these characters and see. I think it felt like a group project to have the four of these women feel so lived in. You know what I mean? And the, and and the best... Yeah. Oh, go and, ahead. And I think Euphoria does that too, where the creator really is friends with a lot of the stars of that show, and, and the show benefits from that the relationship earned between the director slash showrunner and the stars. And I guess guess Euphoria is the latest in this legacy of HBO shows, but now they're teenagers, like, doing drugs. Yeah, I mean, Euphoria and girls obviously don't have anything to do with each other. I was just trying to, like, you know, talk about the, the, like... uh, that like relationship, but there aspect. is there is like a cultural legacy. Like it is like the HBO Sunday Night Show. Like there's, I do think something about all of these shows like links them together, even if it's just like the specific context of like where they are yeah. and like where they are given to people. Yeah, um, and it's just interesting to see like the way the culture has progressed and almost like the lives that we want to see depicted on screen have gotten younger because it started with Sex and the City, these women who were in their 30s, then it was girls who were like immediately post-collegiate and now it's literal teenagers. We're only watching teen soaps. We're only watching like... What is that? I mean, I guess it's like... Heartstoppers and like, what other teen soaps are out right now? Like Elite. I was gonna say Elite, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what is it about our culture that like, is it the escapism? Is it like... The fact that Gen Z rules culture, but 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 then I do think that these teen shows are largely being watched by millennials. Yeah. Well, I mentioned this briefly when we were recapping when we did our weekly recap event, just like that. <laughs> but like, but like, um, you know, culturally, we like to digest things above our age, right? You know, like we're always like aspirational. So when we were teens, we were watching Sex in the City, you know, um, or when you're like in, um. When we were in middle school, we're watching shows about being in high school. You know what I mean? And so I feel like we always watch up. But, like, as we reach our, like, 30s and 40s, we're less interested in watching, like, our own experiences. And so we're looking for the escapism of a teen world that feels relatable because we've lived through it, but still, like, escapist. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I guess, like, when you think about the fact that Gen Z is, like, the dominant, you know, cultural class right now and, like... 
I guess, you know, we were talking last week about representation mm-hmm. and, like, wanting to see yourself on screen. Like, that they they do. And so, like, they are making this decree that, like, we will only watch teen shows in yeah. which we, like, see ourselves depicted. Yeah. I um I, I think that re-watching Girls right now is also a very specific experience because, I mean, one, um watching them all get along in, like, the first, like, season is, like harrowing like this when I watched the dancing my own like dance thing which is like kind of an iconic scene from the show but you watch it watching it retroactively is so harrowing because of how they end up right well you know I mean? just watched so I'm on season three now and I watched the episode where they go to the Hamptons that is the it's, episode it is it's like kind of in a way it's peak girls um that and like Marnie's wedding um it's really the episodes where all four of them are together because you're reminded that the the foundations of their friendship are so flimsy and and, and rooted in mania. Rooted in mania, they all hate each other. They all hate each other secretly and then eventually overtly. Yeah, and um, that is very like real. That's very real. Well, you know, one of the fantasy aspects of Sex in the City was always like, how are they such good friends? Like, how, how do these people like each other when they're so different? Yeah. And I think girls like is really good at showing like. Sometimes your friends are people that you have nothing in common with and don't even really like yeah. and just feel like you have to keep hanging out with them. Or because all you're doing is encouraging and enabling each other's horrible behavior and because all four of these women are narcissists, sometimes to the point of sociopathy, because they have someone to just enable that all the time, like, of course they're going to stick together even though they hate each other. You know what I mean? One of the most... I think one of the hardest parts to watch, not not because it like brought up anything for me, but like literally hardest to watch is the end of season two when Hannah is like when her OCD comes back. Mm-hmm. One of the I think most poignant scenes was when Marnie has been thinking she's dating this artist and Hannah has just gotten her book deal, but like can't write. And Marnie finds out that this guy is not her boyfriend. And she calls Hannah. And Hannah is, like, at home dealing with the fact that she can't write. And they're both on the phone, like, wanting to reach out and ask their friend for help and, like, not being able to do it. And so lying to each other and saying that their lives are fine. And that, to me, is, like, it's so... Some of these things are so hard to watch because of how real they were to the ways we are with our friends. And, like, I feel very lucky that... Uh, the, the friends in my life are only people who I could actually call and be like, I'm, I mean, as I have with you at, mm-hmm. at least twice this week, <laughs> call and be like, I'm going through it. Yeah. Like, I need to talk about it. I yeah. need your support right now. And I guess these women just like didn't have the language to do that with each other no. until it exploded out of them in ways that were not productive. But one of the things I love about that Hamptons episode that I watched last night is that. They have this whole blow up, and then at the end, they're, like, all sitting and waiting for the jitney together, and then they start, like, doing the dance that they all learned. Yeah. And it's, like, again, it's, at like, showing, again, it's, like, showing rather than telling that, like, this is just another, like, thing that has cemented their friendship and that they're going to hold on to forever. And, you know, like... 20 years from now, they're going to be like, oh, my God. Like, the thing they're going to remember about that trip is not necessarily, like, the nasty things they said to each other. It's like, oh, remember that dance we learned that Mm -hmm. we all know? And it's so, I don't know. It's, like, it's so sweet and perfect, but also, like, fucked up. I have two remarks. First of all, that episode is Zaja's best work. Period. Yes. Period. (laughs) Second of all, have you ever had a trip 
with a friend or friends that turned nat that took a turn that got all got a little nasty. Y- yes, I've had several. Because I I feel like I have been on a I, I had a trip to Provincetown once where I got in like the one and only fight with one of my best friends, and. I just remember, like, we said mortifying things to each other, like, like you know, blackout drunk. And, um, uh, like, one night after, like, leaving a gay bar, and the next morning, it was just like, like, what happened? Like, just, like, this sobering, like, oh, my God, did we really just do like, And just, like, shamefully walking to the coffee shop and apologizing to each other. But, like, I, you know, it, it, it was similar to that. Like, at the end of the day, you just, like, shake it off, and you're like, if we're friends, none of that matters. Obviously, the end of Girls is different because they all n- figured out that they're not supposed to be friends, kind of. Like, they're mm-hmm. not good for each other, which I think is actually such an honest and great way to end the show. And it's, like, so true to life. Yeah, yeah I've, ha- I've had um, similar experiences. Mine, mine were maybe, like, a bit more dramatic. Like, there was a trip I had on Fire Island in which a good friend of mine had, like, a friend of mine at the time had, like, a drug-fueled manic episode and, like, almost, like, jumped off the boardwalk. <gasps> um, <Oof>. So <laughs> it's, like, different. It's, like, <laughs> slightly different. Um, but, yeah, we've all had those moments. Like, when you're, when you, it's it's always interesting when you take a, a, a relationship out of its normal context mm-hmm. and, like, heighten the stakes, like, I think whenever you go on a trip with someone, it's like, just like Real Housewives. It's just like Real. It's just like Real Housewives. Well, there's the in the, Hamptons, in the Hamptons episode. The first thing they do when they get to the house is fight over which room they're gonna have. Which is Real Housewives to a T. But that's the thing. You you take a bunch of women, especially wealthy women, and you put them in a petri dish that is a you know vacation rental, and all of a sudden it goes you know viral. presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. 
Millions of people have made the switch to Nick Sleek Proof Underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine washable, and great looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. So I will say the main motivator for me doing the girls' watch, outside of you doing a girls' watch, was to see Adam Driver in his prime. Because Adam Driver is top three celebrity crushes for me. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> I didn't know that. I it, it really when I tell you that this like weird shovel faced man with like arms the size of like semi trucks has like hit uh, the weirdest point of like all of kind of like. I don't know, my pleasure centers. I really, because I watched the show in college, and because I also, I don't know when you watch this, but like I watched the show before I moved to New York. I watched the show before I experienced any of the adulty things that they experienced in the show. And I also feel like I watched the show around the time I was trying to figure out like what my, what I was, what I liked during sex, like what my sexual, what my sexuality and my sexuality I mean what I like in bed, which takes a long time to cultivate, was. And so to see Adam Driver and Lena have what is an extremely sexually specific dynamic retroactively, I was like, that is how I like to fuck now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's because of Adam Driver, but I didn't realize it upon first watch that like I love like you know, weird, rough fucks and random role play and, like, giggling. And, like, when guys treat me like shit, it's, like, kind of hot sometimes. You know what I mean? And I think that their dynamic is so good and so believable. And I and Lena is, like, you know, <laughs> as someone who discovered Adam Driver, basically, like, was so smart to cast someone that you wouldn't expect in that role. Um, but I... Have you ever had, like, a a side piece or a fuck buddy that was just weird that you never told anyone about? Uh, ma- many. Yeah. Hundreds. Where you, like, you 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 have sex with them regularly and none of your friends have ever met them. But I think, I think what I res- responded to, like, even more so with their dynamic is, like, the person who, like, you bully your way into their lives. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and that's what... As their relationship, like, falls apart and gets back together again, I, you know, like, the hookup who becomes a relationship through kind of sheer force of will, like, there's one point in which Adam said, like, Adam says to someone, like, she just wouldn't stop coming around and eventually I realized, like, I I wanted to have her there and, like, I would rather be with her than be alone. Yeah. Um, It's kind of sad. It is sad. But also relatable. But also relatable. I've had so many of my relationships have been exactly that thing. 
Yeah, and I think that there's also something to be said about how murky it is through a lot of these seasons because they don't label what they're going through and I find that again very relatable and yet they kind of play house you know they call well, they each move other in and together talk. they move in, in together in season three and yet they like refuse to label a lot I don't rem- I don't rem- well they say they're partners I am one of those sick people who do think that like Adam and Hannah belong together and I think then, so too actually and then as we know but I think that that is kind of paid service to in the fact that so you know Jessa and Adam get together Hannah feels in the and I think the final season Hannah feels incredibly betrayed by it mm-hmm. and then finds out she's pregnant and she and Adam have one episode where they get back together and like see what their lives could be like if they were end game and ultimately decide like they're not meant for each other. Which is, I think that they're more meant for each other than she's meant for any of her other three friends. You know what I mean? Like, I think that there's a chemistry that works between her and Adam Driver. But you, it's kind of whack how from episode one of when you meet Adam Driver to the end of the show where Adam is essentially deciding or rather realizing that he deserves better than Hannah. You know what I mean? Like, Hannah is so virulently selfish. He does. He does deserve better than Hannah, but also, like, you know, at the end of season two, he starts dating that girl who's played by Sherry Appleby. And he, like, at first they have this kind of, like, perfect relationship that he's like, oh, my God, (laughs) this is what a good relationship's supposed to be like. Even during sex, she, like tells him exactly what she wants and mm-hmm. he's like so mystified by that yeah. and he's like and she's like she literally says like why wouldn't I tell you what I want because he's so used to Hannah not saying what she actually thinks she's the laziest bottom ever and she is literally like does nothing yeah and he can't wrap his head around that and then he like falls off the wagon yeah. and like treats Shiri Appleby's character like dog shit because that's what he thinks is like a re- what a relationship is which mm-hmm. is kind of amazing like that is that is relationship commentary that needs to happen you know what I mean yeah. like I I felt I feel so reflected in moments like that but it is so but like Adam does become more and more adult as the show goes on and it's so like all of the characters have arcs and like pretty big transformation but Adams Adams is my favorite like he's my favorite character who which girl are you um oh god I hate that question I mean I'm I'm Zaja you think you're Shoshana I actually think that's true yeah because I think I, I would like to think I no 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 no. I'm Allison Williams I'm Allison Williams you think you're a Marnie babe, you're not I'm Mar- the girl you're not, no you babe. are not a Marnie Rose I am the girl that brings everyone on vacation, and I say, we are having fun now, because this <laughs> oh is God. when we schedule it. Are. Oh my I God, like, you are. I was like, if, is everybody oh having fun? Oh my God, fun? can't wait to go on vacation because with you tomorrow. we have this at 7 o'clock, and this at 9 o'clock, and y'all better be ready, because you know what I mean? Okay, so you think, Allison, you think you're a Marnie. I do not think I know, and I am ashamed by that realization, um, because I am someone who is constantly, I am so anal retentive, and I really don't think I am. You know what I mean? Like, I think I'm so chill. I think I'm so cool. I'm like, I think I'm really, but you know I what? think I'm right all the time. Like, I always think I'm right. And a lot of times I'm actually trying too hard or I'm, I'm making things worse because of that. 
But you also, I don't know, I think, like, so much of Marnie's journey in the show is, like, her realizing that she has no idea what she wants. And yeah. you're very, you're a very driven person. Yeah, that that's something I don't have in, in common with Marnie. Like, she has and no passion why I, that's for that's why interest. I think you're more of a Shoshana. Yeah, Shoshana, you know, I, like, j- packing everything up and moving to Japan, like, I've done that. Not to Japan, but, like, moved to, like, another place. Like, I've done that multiple times. Um, so that is relatable. But I do think at the end of the day, I'm most like Marnie. Um, and you are Jemima Kirk. I'm not Jessa. Yeah, you I'm, are, babe. No, I'm Hannah. No, no, no. You, no, 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 babe. I mean, you have Hannah qualities, but you're definitely Jemima. You think I'm a Jessa? Yeah, you're you're a cool girl in and out of the live. You can like you'll disappear for months and come back and be like, "Do you want to go to the mall?" Like you know, like <laughs> ma- manic pixie I dream have, girl. I have never <laughs> been told that I'm the Jessa. Manic pixie I'm dream so girl doesn't to... give a fuck about anybody's thoughts, beliefs, or emotions, but you understand them innately. Like you this are, is you are this is a radical idea to me. You are emotionally intelligent. You understand everyone's psychosis, and yet you choose to ignore them if it's like totally <laughs> like if you're like this is absolutely something that doesn't deserve my energy right now like jessa is the most grounded character out of the four of them somehow in some ways it, i think i think so because she's the only one out of the four of them that knows who she is that knows what she wants and almost never compromises that where the other three are a little more ishiwashi and i don't think really know themselves but jess is not ambitious and i'm very ambitious yeah but the thing about um jessa is like her mania and the way that manifests externally is a lot more you know um it fluctuates a lot more well i think i'm a ray (laughs) (laughs) um wait (laughs) that's so funny because like i i'm kind of a ray presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It took 11 years to get to this sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. 
Millions of people have made the switch to Nick Sleek Proof Underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine washable, and great looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks. Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. On the Hannah of it all, let's just talk about Lena Dunham in the cultural moment of when it came out. Oh my god, People everyone hated her. Hated her because, I mean... The more the industry treated her as this, like, wunderkind, like, the more accolades girls received. And, like, in the first season, it really did. It was... I, don't, I mean, we should maybe look up the stats, but, like, it definitely, like, won a ton of awards. It yeah. received so much critical praise. Yeah. But then... I think the the it was a sharp the, turn. The, it wasn't a. Sh- it was almost more of like a parallel. The more mm. that she was critically praised and like praised by the industry, the more the culture at large hated exactly. her. Which is the case of a lot of like rising um wonderkind or whatever. You and know, specifically women. Yeah. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Is I mean, all the things that we can say about Lena Dunham and why she's problematic have already been said. So, um, like I, I feel like it's hard to contribute to the conversation in terms of like their privilege and how these characters manifested. But in terms of like what I feel like. I think that's something that's often missing from the conversation of how we criticize Lena Dunham and this show specifically was around a lexicon of white womanhood that um, became a little bit of a meme around this time. Because Girls as a show became a punchline about white women over and over again, right? Mm -hmm. White womanhood and Lena Dunham off screen as well as on screen were like modeling a version of of whiteness that is so insidious and gets away with a lot. You know what I mean? Especially in how Lena was acting like as a celebrity during this time. And so the the way this show became a punchline about white womanhood, I think reached a point that was truly misogynistic. Like I think that like as when I, I'm I honestly am thinking about like men and gay men specifically and how there are a lot there were there are a lot of jokes they're like white woman am I right? And there it but I think that we don't understand that when we like kind of use white women quote unquote like when 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 men or like you know, people that benefit from that privilege, like, use white woman as, like, uh, a punchline over and over again, that is a kind of misogyny. And I do also feel like gay men that were criticizing the show at the time were using this kind of critique of white womanhood to shield themselves from their own privilege as men. And I think that that attitude is literally given a characterization in the show in the form of Elijah, who's played by Andrew Rannells, who is hilarious, but, like, is so toxic and and is, like, an an engine behind a lot of the drama 
between the friends. Yeah. Because remember, he fucks Marnie in yeah. season two and drives a wedge Which between so Hannah amazing. and Marnie. Um, he and like Hannah kicks him out of her apartment. And he is constantly being a horrible to the girls and like excusing it, be- but with his queerness. Yeah, exactly. Yes, using queerness as a shield, queerness, quote unquote, as a shield. Um, and then there's, all, I think, obviously, the layer on top of all of that is like that phobia. Like, do you? I don't. Do you remember? Oh my god, it was, oh, it was horrible. So hard because all of the conversation was like. There's so much nudity in girls. There's so much sex in girls. But, like, what wasn't being said was there shouldn't be because of what Lena Dunham looks like. And there's also less nudity in girls than there is in Sex in the City and, like, all these other HBO shows that have nudity all the time. Like, I remember – so there's an episode in season two guest starring Patrick Wilson where Hannah meets – this man through her job at the coffee shop. And the episode is a bottle episode where she spends this whirlwind weekend with him that basically is like an entire relationship over the course of one weekend. And the conversation about it at the time was that this is so unrealistic. This is a dream sequence because he's too hot for her. He would never fuck her. Which is not true. As if fat women aren't having sex every day in every corner of the world. Yes. It's it's very strange and like I guess for me now it's different now watching it like as some as like a fat woman whereas when I was like watching this when it was airing I did not identify as a woman and so it's like a very different experience but like I can't imagine what it was like for her at that time and I'm sure she's talked about it I'm sure she's written about it but like to have a like everyday think piece about your body <laughs> Like, oh my God, that's horrible. And I'm not saying it excuses anything that she's done or who she is, but like, it's still fucking crazy. I think a lot of the crit, I think a lot of the reaction in addition to fat phobia had to do with the execution. Because when you think about Sex in the City or like HBO shows of that time, sex scenes still had like, stunning like lighting and shadows a lot more modesty like mostly you only see tits and usually it's like covered up a lot of time there was a lot more kind of like coyness around how they would do nudity in some of the raunchier hbo shows where hannah horvath is in you know bad lighting full bush full nudity like and she and not and, not in like nice <clears throat> positions no, like yeah. her her a shot in the most like unflattering yes. way but not like not like gratuitously unflattering but just like very matter of fact which watching today still felt radical like yeah. me watching still felt radical to me and there are shows that i think have done like I hate I hate this term, but like body positivity better. Yeah, like obviously. I think shrill is a much better exploration yeah. of like fatness and like being mm-hmm. fat woman. Such um, a good first season. Such yes, and I also think the final season was really good too. I haven't finished yet. Um, It'll be another flu watch. Yes. Do you remember when um, Lena was on the cover of Vogue, and they released like some stunning Annie Leibovitz photos? And Jezebel was like, we will offer $10,000 to the person who shows us the unretouched photos of Lena Dunham. Did you? So disgusting. That is disgusting. And do you remember when Jezebel was like the cream of the crop, like creme de la creme, like best journalism? Like yeah. nothing was more exciting than Jezebel. And they had it out for her. Yes. And Jezebel was Ugly. even kind of like a character on the show. Like when Hannah in 
season two gets a job writing at blogging for like a clickbaity website, it's very obviously a Jezebel stand-in. Yeah, and it's so I remember Lena like tweeting being like, "People paying ten grand for my nudes, just subscribe to HBO. Like it's all unretouched, girl. Like what the fuck? Um, yeah, I mean that that's I think emblematic of a lot of things that were going on at the time. But just Lena hate in general. Like I used to be a Lena hater. I mean, I still don't like a lot of things about Lena, but I think I can appreciate her art in a way that I didn't in my like early New York years because like I <laughs> I don't know if I've told you this um you know I used to date my first boyfriend in New York was this guy who like loved girls and loved Lena Dunham and like I remember throughout our relationship really resenting that about them about him and feeling like he was basic because that was like his favorite show you know and I had kind of moved pa- past that in my life and um, when we broke up, it was, like, really horrible. It was, like, a really tough breakup for me. He, he was the only time I've ever been broken up with. I'm always the breaker-upper. Um, and um, here's that my... That must have been really hard for yeah, you. Yeah, it was really hard for me. Um, and so I just, like, really, really hated him post-breakup. It was, like, a torrential kind of, like, drawn-out thing. And um, weeks after we broke up, he called me. And I, I was thinking, like, oh, my God, does he want to get back together? Does he want to have a talk? Is he finally going to satiate all these outlying questions that I still have about our breakup or whatever. He was like, hi, I'm so sorry. Um, I have gonorrhea and also syphilis. And I'm not sure if I got it like after we dated or if I got it with the person that I slept with while we were dating. Oh my God. It's like ah! a girl's episode. And I didn't know that he had cheated on me. It was. Uh, and so I found out on that phone call that he had slept with someone else and I was like, cool, great, cool, cool, cool. I didn't have gonorrhea or syphilis, um, but he did mail me a signed copy of Lena Dunham's book that came out at that exact time. <laughs> and it lit- I literally still have her memoir like to Fran, love Lena as a sorry, almost gave you gonorrhea gift, wow. which is That's honestly beautiful. worse than the gonorrhea because I can get rid of gonorrhea, but I can't <laughs> sell this book. Like, <laughs> I have it for life, you know. I don't think I like. I think, and this is hard for me to say. I think I wanted to be her a little bit at the time. Well, who didn't? Because you know, I mean, you're you were talking about like where you were in your life when Girls was coming out. I was in two thousand. In 2012, when the show would have come out, like, I was exactly the age of the... I was almost exactly the age of the characters in the show. I, like, wanted to be... I wanted to do what she was doing. Yeah. Um, I don't think I wanted to be her specifically, but, like, I saw in her someone who was so ambitious. And, like, you know, I think at the time it was, like, starting to come out how, like, connected she was and how much of this, like, was about nepotism. But, like, obviously, even with that nepotism, she none of this would have happened without her incredible talent. Yeah. Um, and I think there was some part of me that, like, was kind of inspired by her. Well, anybody that has aspirations to make TV, which you and I both do, like, will resent... We are very free to have meetings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to slide into our DMs and talk about, want to talk to us about our writing projects, we definitely have them. I literally, I mean, I literally have. I mean, I feel like every, you know, fag working in Hollywood has a four friends living in Brooklyn, like, pilot. But totally. like, But like that... No, mine's four. five friends. Yeah, but of course I have, like, <laughs> they're a pilot. all trans. Yes, and like, of course I have a pilot like that. You know yeah. what I mean? But like... I think it's a testament to how that format works and how I personally will actually never grow tired of that show. Like, I will always want a show about four friends and whatever that era of New York is like because New York is changing 
all the time. And also who those friends are. Exactly. Because we have only still seen White very specific permutations of it. We still haven't seen the queer version of it. No, we I still have not. And like, I'm you know, yes, I know we have things like queer as folk, which are like the closest approximation. But, but we have close. we have not had this. There has not been a version of the like young people living in New York coming of age story told about queer people. So if you want to read my pilot Saturn Return <laughs> yeah. about that as a kind of trans sex in the city, you just slide into my DMs, mama, because she is ready. These shows will be made until the end of time, and they will always be both referencing and deconstructing the versions of themselves that came before them. Exactly. Exactly. Period. We will be back next week with a discussion on Nicole Kidman, the woman, the myth, the legend. Heartbreak will feel good on a podcast like this. <laughs> um, please, um, you know, watch your favorite Nicole Kidman movie in anticipation. Um, and, you know, you can always, like, tweet at us and tell us which which Nicole Kidman properties you want us to talk yes. about. Tag us your IG stories yes, or also our new Instagram. Our new Instagram, like a virgin for 2069. Also, like, tell us what you think about this girls episode. What's your favorite episode of girls? Are you a Hannah, a Marnie, a Jessa, a Shoshana? Are you a Ray? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Are you an Adam? And um, tell us what to talk about next, whether it's, you know, a show, a book, a cultural phenomenon. We want to hear from you. And I think the you can call us or also, like, we love it when you slide into our DMs. So tag our Instagram and uh, tell us, like, what you want us to watch. And, of course, you can call to confess at 323-PENANCE. That's 323-736-2326. Uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love to see them. Uh, I'm your co-host, Rose Domu. You can find me anywhere on social media at Rose Domu. And I'm Francisco. You can find me anywhere on social media as well. You can subscribe to Like a Virgin anywhere you listen to podcasts. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or a rating on Spotify. Like a Virgin is an iHeartRadio production. Our producer is Phoebe Unter with support from Lindsay Hoffman, Julian Weller, Jess Krainchich, and Nikki Etor. Until next week, see you later, virgins. Me. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.